everybody, and welcome to episode 272 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm your host, Tom Zalatni, and I'm alone in the studio again today, but I'm not alone in your ears or in your hearts, dear listener, because I'll be calling up a couple of friends throughout the show. Uh, For the very first time, I'm going to be calling two guests in the space of the same hour, uh, except not on the same call. It'll it'll be one-on-one interviews um, with uh, none of my co-hosts today, um, just because of scheduling things. First, I'll be talking to Linz Amer from the YouTube channel Queer Kid Stuff and the Activist You podcast about their work and the importance of good educational content for kids, especially during a pandemic. Then I'll be talking to longtime friend of the show, George Poppy, about his work with Chaos, you know, that sponsor that we've been plugging literally forever, and his brand new movie, American Dreamers. But before we get into all that, I do want to take a minute to acknowledge that the recording studio where I am currently is situated on unceded territory of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. Um, I think it's important that as settlers, we take a minute to recognize those things and acknowledge that and think about the sort of um, privilege that we have um, of being settlers on a space that does not belong to us. Um, So if you fall into that category 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 think about it a little bit today and um if you're looking for ways to kind of give back and um help with reconciliation things uh this month actually uh, a portion of our patreon earnings is going toward raven trust uh raven is a uh you can go to raventrust.com to read all about the work that they do um but they are a uh as organization that um does a lot of work kind of with legal matters um, affecting indigenous peoples here on uh, Turtle Island or, you know, as you probably know in North America. Um, They actually also have a page, uh, raventrust.com slash solidarity from from home, sorry, uh, with a bunch of information about how to um, help out during the COVID outbreak when you, you know, can't necessarily show up to places in person. So, um, yeah, I'll put a link to that in the description of this episode and uh, take a look at it. It's uh, it's interesting and I think it's also important. All right, my first call today is with Linz Amer. Uh, Linz is a YouTuber who is the creator of the web series Queer Kid Stuff and the host of Activist You, a new family podcast where they interview kid and youth activists. Uh, does a lot of work with um, LGBTQ plus and social justice media for all ages. Linz, thanks for uh, thanks for phoning in. Yeah, thanks for having me. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Because I feel like that that was a quick little rundown, but I'm sure you can go into a little bit more detail. Yeah, totally. I'm happy to talk about what I do. So uh, the kind of like overarching mission is intersectional kind of queer LGBTQ plus focused uh, all ages media. So that kind of comes in a few different ways. So the flagship, uh, how this all kind of first started was through my web series called Queer Kid Stuff. I started that about, oh my gosh, it's going to be the five-year anniversary on May 10th. Oh, amazing. Bananas. (laughs) Um, So that happened. um, And we've got tons and tons of videos. um, Been, I think I've had like over like 2.5 million views in its lifetime. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of like the main, that's how everything started. Right. Um, So I've been doing for that for about five years and it's a um, kind of like edutainment web series for the aim is like ages three to seven ish, but I call it all ages content. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and uh, I co-host that with my stuffed teddy bear from childhood. And we talk about like the LGBTs, gender, sexuality, consent. Um, we go into identity. Uh, if you didn't think that you could explain intersectionality to three-year-olds, I challenge you that you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of the web series. And then from that, um, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the country the last few years and do live performances for families um, in libraries, schools, children's museums, um, community spaces, and uh, other other awesome places um, and that's been really really fun and I've loved doing those live gigs um, as well as like speaking and uh, professional development workshops things like that and uh, that's been it's been really fulfilling to kind of get on the other side of the screen and, and actually get in front of young people who are um, kind of touched by the work which I love um, and then recently um, I started up a podcast in February called Activist You, where I do interviews with kid and, youth, kid and youth activists and kind of talk to them about what today's most important topics are, what they're passionate about. Some of them are entrepreneurs and are heading up their own organizations and they're like tens. <laughs> so uh, I talk to a lot of really cool kids and uh, yeah, trying to just kind of grow that and figure out what the next, next steps are and how can we get continue building and expanding upon my audience to get this you know idea out there of being able to produce and make stories that have um, queer characters that have non-binary characters that have characters with different family structures um, and kind of looking at it through this queer intersectional lens and uh, making it kid and family friendly that's amazing yeah I um, when uh, so friend of the show Seth Day uh, put the two of mm -hmm. us in touch a while ago um, and so like we're recording this during the covid pandemic quarantine and everything yes. <laughs> um you were originally going to be here this weekend um yes so uh, so i'm curious like um you mentioned when we were chatting before the call that you have uh, a bunch of live stream stuff going on right now mm -hmm. how has like how has that sort of shift gone for you from from being able to do stuff in person to like having to stay home because i guess like as a content creator like you do a lot of stuff from home already, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has uh, has there been like a huge shift for you or is it sort of just, you know, business as usual? Yeah, it's actually been really interesting. I I think I've actually been performing more okay. since the lockdown I, because I've been doing more like weekly content. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm doing weekly live streams on Tuesday afternoons at 10 a.m. for the West Coast and then Wednesday mornings for at 10 a.m. for East Coast um, and I've never done such regular like weekly performances before so like usually I'll do like a library performance or go to a school and that's like maybe like a couple times a month um, but now that I have the ability to essentially go anywhere and be in front of anybody at any given time I can perform a lot more uh, which has been kind of an interesting strange side effect um, I think uh, I'm my business has weirdly been like perfectly situated <laughs> in that I built what I do off of a digital platform right. and then I kind of like went out into the world and like did all this like IRL live performance stuff and now I'm kind of like going back to the roots of it okay uh, of like okay we're going back into this digital space but we're taking what we've learned from kind of like going to the outside world and seeing what works there and bringing it back so that is, it's definitely been an interesting transition. 
Um, I've had a lot of gigs, especially pride gigs, kind of going digital instead of doing and turning into Zooms and Facebook Lives mm -hmm. and Instagram Lives. And it's uh, it's been cool to be able to connect with like a lot of different people. So I think, I don't know, it's creating a lot of opportunities just kind of like in a different way than I had before because we have to, we have to adapt. Right. And what's interesting is that what I do is so unique. There aren't a lot of folks out there doing what I do. So it's still in demand right. and potentially more so because you know now that everyone who like is a children's performer is out there is also adapting to these these kind of virtual spaces but the, there's a lot more of them who aren't doing this work and because I have such a particular audience and a particular um, uh, kind of like lens through which I, I do I do what I do right. and uh, so I think it's like kind of increased demand I you know I'm like kind of like in the middle of all of it right now so just kind of riding the wave <laughs> there isn't like a ton of like self-awareness or analysis I could do on it in this moment but uh, it's definitely been really interesting yeah for sure <laughs> it's um it's funny like yeah, because I, I feel like I'm in sort of a similar situation where, like, mm -hmm. all of my work is online. And so, like, there's definitely been, you know, changes and routine mm -hmm. stuff especially. But, like, the things I'm doing aren't all that different. Like, the, the mm -hmm. main thing is now I'm doing everything remotely with people, which is a little more lonely. But it's uh, yeah not unproductive, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, uh, I really appreciate uh, that you are stepping out and doing this kind of work. Because um, I think, so uh, So for a little bit of context, um, mm -hmm. I'm in Montreal. And uh, mm -hmm. up here, we, uh, so the Quebec government um, decided they're going to reopen elementary schools and daycares in <sighs> mid-May. Despite, like, Montreal and, and, like, Quebec being the sort of, like, highest center of covid problems in canada um, <laughs> and like like our neighborhood specifically having like a pretty bad number um awesome. government's they, great love government right now yeah my absolute favorite <laughs> and mm -hmm. and like we you know i my understanding at this point so in last week's episode um we recorded it before um the government said a bunch mm. of like really horrible shit basically about how the school boards have no say in any of this and like are like threatening the english school board um because the english school yeah. board basically said we don't want to do that we're not going to do that unless we know that it's safe and the government mm. basically said you don't have a choice um Yikes. And so I want to quickly address that because in last week's episode, uh, we kind of came out in favor of reopening, uh, if only because for a lot of people, like, they need the childcare. And, like, yeah. still a lot of people need the childcare, um, but yeah. not under these circumstances, right? And so I'm really thankful for creators like you who are, <laughs> frankly, making the job easier for all of us who are stay at home parents during all of this because, like, I, you know, used to roll in conservative church circles and thought I was maybe mm -hmm. going to homeschool my kids. Uh, at this point in my mm -hmm. life, I have no fucking interest in homeschooling my kids at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I didn't sign up for this, you know? So yeah. it's it's nice, like, you know, from a sort of busy parent slash, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit slacker parent perspective to be able to, like, comfortably and confidently find content online that helps with all of the education right mm -hmm. now and like 
you know, when when our governments fail us, when our institutions like cannot provide what our kids need, it's yeah. really comforting that there are creators like you who are making good content that is <laughs> like progressive and like open and intersectional and like you know accessible to children um so thank you for that because i think it's uh you know it, it doesn't necessarily cover math and, and sciences but it's uh, it's <laughs> i think arguably a little bit more useful than those things yeah well, well thanks i appreciate that and i <laughs> it's interesting because i the as soon as all this started happening there was like a week it was essentially like one week where it just like everything progressively just like got more and more intense and I was like okay I have to figure out what I can do because you know I think we're all just trying to like use our skill sets to like make this situation better for each other Mm -hmm. and for some that's being an essential worker for some that's you know taking uh, going into unemployment and and homeschooling our kids during this time for some that's like live streaming with a ukulele because I have that I have that ability. It's what I do, and it's it's giving to the to everyone who's you know in the situation and doesn't know what to do and needs you know their kid to watch a screen for fifteen minutes so they can have a break and make their themselves breakfast. Right. Like like if I, if I can give you that, like that will one make my day because the doing regular performances like this is actually helping my mental health right. because it, it's it's giving me structure it's giving me a place to express myself creatively it's it's helping me do the thing that feels fulfilling to me so like you know me giving of that is also me taking care of myself in a way so i think that i don't know it's 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 a we're all in a weird situation <laughs> and we're just trying to make it better for everyone else in whatever small way we can and hopefully we are I don't know maybe yeah. some people aren't but that's that's how I'm trying to approach it at least totally I mean I I think there's something to that like this so this podcast like we're actually coming up on our five-year anniversary too funny enough oh, um, congrats. in uh, June and um we like started out as just another you know bunch of white male presenting people talking about whatever we felt like every week like every other podcast Mm -hmm. and uh over the years it really has shifted to you know a space where we can talk kind of openly about the ways we're struggling especially Mm -hmm. with like mental health and like stress and anxiety and like every way that we struggle as people and um it's uh, i totally hear you like there is something to there's something to being vulnerable through the things you create that is really like nurturing for you uh like mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's not just good for your audience you know yeah no absolutely um i uh so this episode is coming out on the 11th and actually on the 13th so wednesday of this uh this week uh i'm going to be doing a live stream um over on our uh on our show's Facebook page, and I'll put a link to that in the description, uh, as a sort of like podcasting 101 kind of workshop slash lecture or whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of going to be launching into a series of um, live streams like that I'll be doing over the next little while um, to sort of (laughs) hype up the fact that I'm trying to start selling myself as a consultant for this kind of stuff. Yeah, Um, totally. and, uh, And just like the process of prepping for that and like thinking about like okay like how do I want to make this engaging how do I want to schedule it where do I want to do it like how do I set up my space so it like 
looks professional and nice. I'm finding all of that is scratching an itch that like I have had since this quarantine started of like letting people into my space a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. Um, so I, uh, we have a Patreon question that I want to get to. Sure. Um, so this comes from one of our patrons, Erica, who is uh, very pregnant and is like, okay. I, I think due like any day now. Like the, oh I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I feel like I remember her due date being like early May. So. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Good luck, Erica. <laughs> Erica, if you're listening to this, like post baby congratulations if you're not congratulations. yeah <laughs> um so erica asks uh what are your favorite side effects of social distancing and she says mine are being able to mute my sneezes because i'm a scream sneezer and not having to take <laughs> public transit during my third trimester yeah those are definitely good side effects um let's see i think um our favorite restaurant now does takeout they didn't do takeout before so that is very exciting um and we've been doing that like every other weekend (laughs) um just from this like one restaurant um so that's been wonderful um a lot more time at home with my partner and dog um i mean like a lot of time so like figuring out a long time has also been a thing but um (laughs) definitely being able to be at home with my partner and my dog is like is very nice and uh I had one more. I have one more. It was on the tip of my tongue. Oh, um, I I had to. So I I used to barista um, okay. as kind of like a, a part time side hustle to like make ends meet and like make rent and all that. And uh, I that. I've obviously been laid off from that because we can't do that anymore. Right, but yeah. what that's allowed for is me to, you know, spend more time doing the work that I love that like I wish I could spend more time doing. And uh, so that's like that's kind of been like a sunny side of all of it. That, like I can actually devote more time to like the business that I want to be doing and my self employment and going to more schools, doing more live streams. Um, so yeah, that's been a really that's been a really wonderful bright side of like having a little bit more time to do what I love. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is an interesting question for like people who are working in creative fields, right? Because mm-hmm, we, yeah. we have it a little different, right? Because we already have the kind of things in our lives that we want to like be stuck at home with like yeah. extra time to work on. So having the extra time to work on stuff is like kind of nice. Um, I feel so conflicted on that because every time I like think about, you know, the effect of all of this on like my work I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about being in quarantine and I hate that I feel good about being in quarantine uh like I want it to end but also I feel like I'm making the most of it you know yeah it's definitely a funky space to be in one because like I do feel like a lot of like what I do is actually benefiting from it like just because of the way we've had to adapt. But I mean, there's also the thing of like, you know, I have X amount of hours where I could be doing all this stuff, but like all I, all my brain wants is like sit on the couch and play Animal Crossing. Well, yeah. Because like, because like, because we're all staring the face of like a global pandemic. So there's like kind of like the, like the anxiety, like very intense side of that of like, oh, I have like all this time. Like, isn't that awesome? I can't function right now right. <laughs> and I can't do what I want in that time anyways. So it's this kind of like, I feel like it's a sword with many edges. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I, uh, <laughs> the other night, um, I spent about an hour and a half building myself an enormous elaborate waterfall fountain 
in like nice. just sort of north of the center of my my island in Animal Crossing, and uh, it's dumb. Oh, I haven't I gotten it. to the terraforming part yet. Oh, it's fun. I'm it's, waiting uh, for it. It's like um, it's really finicky in a way that I wish it wasn't. Um, mm. But I think that's just like technology limitations. Um, sure. Like, uh, because Animal Crossing is kind of built on a grid, but you can't see the grid. So mm-hmm. you have to just sort of intuitively know where the grid is. And if you aim wrong, you screw things up. And it's like, when uh, you're bummer. when you're trying to do detail work, it's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're trying to do, I don't really play Minecraft, but I, I understand like the logic of Minecraft and like the block things. And I feel like they, they're tr- really trying to do like a more structured version of Minecraft. But uh, yeah, I, I could see where that would be frustrating. I haven't quite gotten to that level yet. Um, we got our Switch uh, a couple weeks into quarantine. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a little behind, but yeah. Uh, uh, still, still having a, a great time interior decorating my home. <laughs> this is like I've I've played every Animal Crossing game since the original, and like this is the most I have ever put any time into like aesthetic things in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's no coincidence that it's you know no. <laughs> during a crisis like this. Exactly. <laughs> um, but but off of Animal Crossing, uh, coming back to Erica's <laughs> question, um, yeah, I think like kind of outside of the having extra time to work on what you want to work on which I think is something that can extend to people who are not specifically like in creative fields as well Mm -hmm. like everyone has something that they like wish they could spend more time on whether it's food or you know spending time with their family or reading Mm -hmm. or you know whatever that may be um the the other kind of silver lining I'm finding I actually really like the lines in the grocery store (laughs) I oh really so like I uh, on last week's episode I complained a little bit because um they're not being like respected perfectly but mm-hmm. at our local grocery store um and I think at a lot of places obviously you've got like a huge lineup outside where people are standing 6 feet apart cuz they're letting mm-hmm. in like 10 people at a time max um mm-hmm. but they also have like arrows pointed on the floor to kind of direct traffic once you're inside and mm-hmm. like I think that's a game changer I think that makes grocery shopping way more efficient <laughs> if people respect it. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> um, and I've been really loving, like, uh, I, I've been challenging myself every time I go grocery shopping, which is like once a week now instead of daily, mm-hmm. to um, buy something new every time. Like, Ooh, I yeah. like that. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, it's easy to get into patterns and, like, just get the stuff that you're used to getting. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot more time to cook right now, and I'm really enjoying it, and, like... I yeah. want to get better at cooking and the way to get better is to do things that you haven't done before and like Exactly. Yeah, so I've been, you know, playing around and and sometimes I forget to do it while I'm in the like interesting food aisles and I get to the canned goods and I'm like, well, I have to get something oh. from canned goods and I just <clears> get a a canned thing I've never gotten before, which is <laughs> feels like cheating a little bit. Ooh, pro tip in the canned food section if it's there. Mm-hmm. Um get coconut cream. Ooh. It is excellent on fruit. Yeah, yeah, totally. We, yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking in the canned food aisle and can't find anything that doesn't look disgusting, get some coconut cream. Yeah, no coconut cream and uh, coconut cream and coconut milk are are things that we get every once in a while. Um, my big discovery. Um, there was this is such a dumb thing for me to have to feel like I'm discovering. Uh, I didn't know you could get like canned. Um, how would I even describe this? Like nacho toppings, I guess. Ew. Yeah. So, so like, 
Like, it's like a can of of corn and like black olives and like chopped up peppers and stuff just like in a mm-hmm. can and uh Woof. I, yeah i was i saw it and my first response was well that's gross and then i threw it in my cart and uh <laughs> it was not bad it, uh, you know what yeah. i i believe you because all those things sound delicious it's mostly the can part that i'm like oh, okay yeah that's it if you i find with canned stuff if you cook it you don't notice that it's canned anymore, you know? That's true. You just gotta, like, you gotta, I don't know. I think it's the, like, the green beans that, like, gross me out. Right. We have this can of asparagus tips in our cupboard. Oh. I, I one, don't know why it's just the tips of the asparagus, because it's a really tall yeah. can. Interesting. <laughs> and I don't want to know what it smells like, and I don't want to know what the texture of it's like. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I, I love me some Brussels sprouts. I do not want to eat canned Brussels sprouts. That sounds gross. Yeah, that's it. Like a lot of I think no, I think if something is canned but it's not like canned and pickled, then sure, it's a little yeah. weird, you know? Yeah. 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 I used to like I think I used to get like canned corn pretty often, but I don't know. And now I just get the frozen stuff. I feel like that's better. <laughs> yeah. The frozen stuff is like cheaper usually too, like Yeah. Like ba- more bang for your buck anyway. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So yeah, Erica, cooking and having time for creative things and spending mm-hmm. time with family. Exactly. <laughs> I um we so we um we know Erica in real life. We're like friends, and um, mm-hmm. we had our baby. I think the same way that she is having hers. Like I think I think she's also we had our baby at like a local birth center. Mm-hmm. Um, so with like midwives instead of going to the hospital. Oh, nice. And I feel like I remember Erica telling us she's doing the same thing, but I might be wrong about that. That sounds but, a lot more pleasant than the hospital situation right now. It was nice, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how this whole situation would affect that kind of thing. I, it, it, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe hospitals are happy with it because it means less people in the hospital, or maybe they're more territorial. Anyway, we we yeah, were in a situation as well where we had to take public transit to get to and from the birth center for like Oof. every appointment and every checkup, and it was exhausting. <laughs> and like, yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, and like I wasn't even the pregnant one, and I was tired by the end of each trip, <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> I I definitely sympathize, and uh, I hope that uh, Erica, I hope that you know everything is going smoothly and that uh, everyone is happy and healthy. Uh, yeah yeah same congrats on if you've had the baby that's awesome i hope um you are all safe and and not on public transit watch me be totally wrong watch erica be due in like july and i just for some reason think she's due in may it's (laughs) you know time kind of just all fades into yeah i don't know what time is anymore Um, speaking of time, we are going to have to wrap up in a couple of minutes. Um, okay. Do you have any final thoughts for Erica or should we uh, do some plugs and wrap things up? I like if there's like, a, uh, I don't know what advice to give to pregnant women. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, take up a new hobby, but like, uh, you're not going to be able to do any of that if you're a baby. Too soon. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think that like, I guess something that's interesting to think about right now is like, what does like maternity and paternity leave look like right now? That's a question that I have, but I don't know. I feel like the people who have like the best deal right now are folks who were like just about to come off maternity or paternity leave. Hmm. And now their companies are just like, just kidding. Go back to your child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're like, okay, I can spend more time with my baby. That sounds great. Um, 
but yeah, that, that was just just percolating thoughts. Yeah, I feel that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a weird time to be alive, and it's a weird time to be a person. Truly, both of those separate things, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, Linz, thank you. This is great. It was uh, it was nice chatting, and uh, I, I think uh, I think we got to some good places with this. Yeah, yeah, I think we did. I'm still getting used to like this format is so much shorter than what we used to do, and I oh sure like, yeah we used to have like a full hour to just like ruminate on things, and now it's like oh a little gosh. bit tighter, and I'm always kind of mm-hmm. like, did we say enough? But I think we said <laughs> I think we said plenty. Yeah, um, we got through that. Yeah, we got through some stuff. That is the words that I'm saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to throw some plugs at us, uh, tell people where they can find you, what you want them to check out, etc. Yeah, et sure. Um, folks can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Linz Amer. That's L-I-N-D-Z-A-M-E-R. And you can check out my web series, Queer Kid Stuff. You can just Google Queer Kid Stuff and it will come up. Um, and you can also check out my podcast. It's called Activist You, Activist, comma, Y-O-U, exclamation point, if you're having trouble finding it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been rethinking the punctuation. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best idea. Um, but, you know, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you can find uh, Activist You wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Activist You Pod. And, uh, yeah, check out my live streams. I'm doing West Coast Time, 10 a.m. Uh, through Family Equality. So, um for, uh, it's a space for LGBTQ plus parents and families. Um, and then for East Coasters, I'm doing, and Central Time, I guess, uh, I'm doing 10 a.m. on Wednesday mornings on my Instagram Live. And I've also just recently added doing like a YouTube and Facebook stream. We're experimenting here. So uh, if people want to check that out, um, I'm all over the internet, very lookupable. So uh, yeah, check out my stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll include some links in the description of the episode as well for like ease awesome. of access for people. Perfect. Great. Well, thanks, Linz. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Enjoy uh, enjoy eventually unlocking the terraforming tool. It is a lot of fun. Oh, I'm stoked. It's gonna be great. <laughs> cool. Have a good one. Thanks again. Bye. Welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. During this global pandemic, we know most people don't have extra money lying around. So instead of asking you to give us $5 a month in support on Patreon, we want to ask you to just support us any way you see fit. That can be by leaving us a nice review on your podcatcher of choice, by sharing the episode with some friends, or even just by hitting us up on social media to let us know that you're listening. Of course, if you do feel like throwing some money our way, we won't say no. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access to bonus content, little behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And half of our net proceeds from Patreon are being donated to local food banks, uh, indigenous charitable organizations, women's shelters, uh, kind of everyone who needs money right now. Uh, so you're not just helping us make a great show, you're also helping us help others. Um, so you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion to uh, pledge money. Next up, I'll be talking to George Poppy. 
George is a longtime patron and friend of this show, uh, and he's also a filmmaker and entrepreneur, uh, currently the managing director of Chaos and Chaos Labs, and he splits his time between working with startups, creating story marketing campaigns, and producing indie films. George, welcome to Up for Discussion. Ah, thanks, Tom. It's uh, always a pleasure to be on any of your podcasts. Am I right that this is, like, I think the first time in the many years that we've known each other that you're actually on, like, the main show? Yes, Okay, well, uh, that's that's I, crazy. Welcome. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Um, I have been hurt and I've been waiting and sitting by the phone all this time. And it took a <laughs> pandemic for you to decide to, you know, invite me on. So I, as much as it's, you know, a happy moment, it's also bittersweet for me, you know. You know, I'll I'll take that. I'll I'll own that failure on my part. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I'm glad. It's, uh, it's it's been so great knowing you for so many years. Um, and yeah, it just now now it's so glad that this finally lined up to be here uh and chat because yeah we've done a lot of weird podcast well because like i had you on my dinner podcast right and i i came on your fraser podcast so that's right yeah. yeah and i think you came to play jeopardy once too i did play jeopardy i, f- I was terrible at jeopardy oh god <laughs> i mean everyone I, everyone has just been getting their asses kicked by jordan mccray like he he's never going to be beaten at the game it's i mean no. especially if we keep being in a pandemic because i just can't make more episodes of that until the pandemic's over yeah that's fair yeah um so yeah tell me about uh tell me about american dreamers your new uh your new film that just came out like i i actually i've seen the trailer i have not seen the whole thing yet because i'm having yeah found of course where to well do it'd that. be it'd be very surprising if you saw the whole film um okay, so we're actually cool. <laughs> right now in post-production yeah we just released the first trailer for the film um and right now we're just in the last legs of post-production so we're going to be uh submitting it to film festivals so we should have a set like premiere in the fall okay cool um, i thought i was dumb yeah. and like just couldn't figure out where to see it so i'm glad to no. know that it's impossible yeah <laughs> it's of course um That's no with film yeah <laughs> Uh, with film productions, it becomes a uh, it's a long process, especially when you're doing an independent film release, mm-hmm. um, because you're usually on the film circuit for about a year. Okay. So very limited people get to see the film until it like has gone through the full year cycle in the, on the film festival, um, and then you can start to make it available online. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a yeah it's a weirdly long process um, <laughs> compared to what you think of like oh hey I'm just gonna make a film and then it's like oh it's gonna get to like Netflix or Crave or somewhere and like everyone can see it or you just post it to YouTube. It's like um, the way we're going about it, at least, yeah, uh, the film festival circuit makes it a lot longer. Right. Yeah, I guess if you want to do it in a way where there's, like, actual potential to make money, then you have to, you know, take your time, right? Yeah, all, the, at least that's the way we've gone. Um, right. So there's so many different models. Um, and, yeah, where it's, like, obviously, if you had a distribution deal beforehand, so, like, if a producer, like, came to you and be like, we want you to make this film, um, I'm thinking, like, the Hallmark Channel or something. Sure, yeah. um, Then it would have a home right away, and, like, you've already sold the film, basically, before you even shot it. Mm. Um, however, we kind of went the complete opposite way, where um, we ended up um, just, like, scraping together um, a budget of $150,000. Wow. And then completely um, uh, producing this film completely on our own um, on that front. So, and now that we're finished the film, we're now getting in touch with the distributors. Um, and that's like, that's part of also like the festival film run is part of that strategy where we obviously want to have it like find like a mass audience in that sense where it's like, Hey, here's a film that we think people are going to love and then get, get in the film festivals, get reviews. And then we can go to talk to a distributor such as Netflix crave. Um, and then yeah, find it. It's home for an online distribution. So how do, how does the festival circuit work now, given that we can't like, you know, have a physical festival? Yeah. 
Of course, yeah. It's, it's been really interesting seeing kind of the film festivals scramble right now. Because, um, uh, for example, one of our team, he was actually supposed to go to South by Southwest. Right. And then it got completely canceled. Um, and then what they did was they premiered a lot of their films online. And that's what okay. a lot of the film festivals have been kind of doing is they've been moving to pushing their selections just to online dis- um, viewing. Right. Um, so, for example, right now our... Um, it's like the way film film festivals work is a lot of them have premiere requirements um, in terms of like um, they'll they'll really demand that they're like the first if you get accepted to that film festival they require you to have not premiered at a different festival um, okay. depending on geographic locations um, so basically the, then you go you work your way backwards from like which is like your main like your uh, really long shot film festival that you want to enter so for us it's like TIFF um, right. and then you kind of work your way backwards where it's like okay what film festivals after that um do we kind of want to like waterfall into? Um, and then that's how you also base your whole uh, date because like the film festivals are kind of distributed throughout the year as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think where we were going. Oh, um, but so for example, I know TIFF is making now plans because it's like TIFF is in sep- late September, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. And they're making now plans um, in case restrictions on um, like actual travel and um like group activities are still in place by the fall um they're gonna be they already have a play, like um um strategies in place to be able to distribute the films and showcase them in that um but they're kind of hoping that by that point it's going to be lightened in terms of what they're actually going to be able to present right. um and then others are now starting to i know sundance released a bunch of the films that they that had um, were part of their festival, which because Sundance was in January, um, right. so they they already uh, they actually screened and premiered it, but they've now made that catalog available online, oh, cool. um, and I think that's what a lot of film festivals are going to kind of start to do more. Right. Um, but which is going to be really interesting because a lot of them generally um, that's why you don't see a lot of films on YouTube or Vimeo for quite a while before, like after they're produced because the second it hits uh, online uh, viewing, it gets disqualified from all film festivals. Ah. Okay, so if the first couple of festivals start to put everything online, then it disqualifies everything from every other festival. Potentially, yeah. So it's going to be a really weird, bizarre, wacky world. Right. Because um, usually, because it's like the point of the festival is also that that's where a lot of the buyers uh, for films are. So that's the distributors. Right. Um, and now it becomes interesting where it's like it's shifted this whole model of selling uh, films to potentially be completely online. Um, which just hasn't been done before. It's usually been like backroom deals where like uh, a filmmaker will like go premiere their film. Um, and then unless like they have like really deep connections, um, they'll then get approached by buyers at the film festivals, like in hotel rooms. And it's right. it's kind of shady dealings. <laughs> when you like talk about it and think about it for a second, but right. that's the way it's kind of worked for a long time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I, uh, well, I hope that whatever ends up happening with like, the festivals themselves i hope it doesn't hinder you guys too much because i uh just having seen the trailer i think you guys made something special and i hope that it gets to be seen and you know enjoyed yeah, by as many um, people as possible i do too it's we we definitely have a weird film on our hands um <laughs> where yeah it's like the story itself because i realize we haven't discussed that at all yet right, yeah, yeah. um the, the the plot revolves um around two british guys who come up with this crazy idea that um uh, basically the reason why they're not succeeding um, as life coaches and gurus um, is because they're stuck in London, UK, instead of being in LA. Right. And they come up with this idea of going on a California road trip to find two women to marry them for green cards. Right. Um, and it's an exploration kind of both of like, what does it mean to be male in a post Me Too era, um, as well as kind of the examination of what does it mean to succeed and fail. Um, and yeah, it's just that whole exploration. And now we're also looking at it 
where it's it's a travel story and we actually went out uh, and kind of part of why we raised so much money was that we actually traveled um, we did like three days of production in London, UK, then moved to Montreal for a week to do some of our bigger set pieces. So like we, we used the Montreal casino for both uh, stand-ins for a, Montre- uh, a London casino and a uh, Vegas casino. Okay. And then we moved out to BC where we spent a week um, kind of using BC as um, kind of a stand-in for California. And yeah. then we actually drove down from BC all the way to Vegas and LA um, in a 32 foot RV and that took a week and we did it. Yeah, it was, it was nuts production. So we, we have this like really beautiful landscape of like um, the, like the American West Coast, like in the film itself. So right. um, we hope that um, it definitely will find a home and uh, people can escape into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with these days, we're actually, um, while it's kind of really shitty that uh, the pandemic is going on, um, it's an interesting opportunity for us because uh, as a film, um, right now all productions and films and new projects are on pause. So this is actually mm-hmm. um, new, like Netflix is especially like just um, like starving for new content. So <laughs> right. um, for us, <laughs> it could it's, end up it's, working it's out weird. nicely for you. Yeah, yeah, it could work us really nicely. Um, <laughs> well, and I think and basically, that, like it's also something that people might like really be craving right now too, right? Like if mm-hmm. if so, so having seen the trailer. Can I first off just say whoever was your director of photography on that did a beautiful job. Um, yeah. Like that trailer just made me feel like, oh, like this is going to be something really beautiful that's going to, you know, kind of scratch that itch for getting out of the house and going somewhere further than the grocery store. Uh, and I think yeah. people people need that right now. No, of course. Um, yeah, we really lucked out with our director of photography, Daniel Everett Locke. Um, he's like an uh, incredible um toronto-based dp Mm. and yeah he like we we often look at the film that we have and we we have no clue how we kind of manage to do all of this like it's (laughs) we we like i think when we look at the books we technically have like 23 days of production Mm. and we we have a full 82 minute no a hundred and an hour and 23 minute runtime more or less Uh, that's with credits included and it's just like we don't know how we managed to pull it (laughs) off and the working conditions that we were on was insane and to be fair like we knew that going in and we told everyone like this is gonna be brutal on the road trip it's gonna be rough um and it was worse than we could have imagined almost like we we could have died multiple times um and yeah um but and like daniel i think kind of managed to pull off what a lot of dops just couldn't um, so yeah, it was one of those things where like we, we, we really liked out on the crew that we had and it was able to capture it beautifully. Like even, uh, some of the lighting is gorgeous and that's like, thanks to our, uh, grip team. Um, that was like Alex, um, Alex McKay, uh, Alexander McKay and Gaspar Noms, uh, I believe is his last name. Um, but yeah, it just like the whole thing came together really beautifully and yeah, we're really excited to see what people think and, um, if it strikes a chord. Yeah. Well, as soon as there's a version of it online, I can see. Please send it to me because I uh, I definitely want to check it out. Oh, definitely. We'll let you know. Because um, we're also like playing worst case scenario. We know that in about a year we would, if we don't have a distribution deal, we're actually going to be looking at doing a self distribution run. Okay, uh, cool. Ourselves. Um, yeah, uh, it's because like for us, this is something that we know we're in. The, like we're as a production company, we're in this for the long haul. Right. Um, and if we don't get a good deal, we're we're just going to self distribute it and you know take longer to make our money back. Um, but Worst case, we would release it on Amazon Prime because you can actually upload basically any short film or film uh, up to Amazon Prime, right. and you'll get a couple cents per you know minute watched. Well, like a couple cents over the course of like someone watching the entire project, but then mm-hmm. um, it at least allows for distribution and right. monetizing it um, 
compared to like YouTube or Vimeo, which is going to be a lot less in terms of that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah. so what's next for you? Oh man, we have so many different things. Um, Cause right now, like the next two months, like, well, the next month and a half are us finishing up all of, we have, so apart from American Dreamers, we actually have two other short films right now in post-production. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah. Um, well, one is actually already done. Uh, we finished it and we're just submitting it to different film festivals now. That's Spark. Um, so it's by the same director as American Dreamers. Uh, that's Guy Etlin. Mm-hmm. Um, before we did American Dreamers, uh, we um, actually had um, like American Dreamers. We started uh, filming in July and then a Spark we kind of did as almost like bit of a testing ground because like he had done one short film but like he had wanted to get like more like um experience under his belt so we decided to do a last minutes uh short film in march i believe Hmm. Uh, yeah and then we just pulled out and then that became like a weird it's really magical themed it's like a bizarre film um it ended up becoming like a silent film because we we somewhat had issues with the audio so we were like well we can kind of make this work as a silent film and then we were like oh this actually makes more sense as a film anyways um and so, yeah, so we finished that and that's getting, we, we already uh, put that into like submitted to f- some festivals, um, particularly Fantasia, uh, which is based in Montreal. Um, and then we have a, a, another project, which is a short film uh, that we worked on with uh, the director, writer, uh, Clara Butler. Um, and that's called Jessica. And that's uh, the story, uh, like that's loosely based off her own experience. Um, and it follows the story of like a homeless woman um, who like basically um, tries to bed a guy for the evening to have a bed to sleep in for the night. Um, so and so that's kind of the main things uh, as a push for us right now. Um, but then looking further down the road, we're already talking about um, kind of once once we have that slate on the film festival circuit, we're going to be looking to raise uh, funds for uh, a f- slate of four feature films uh, that we would start filming in about 2022, 2023. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the big push on the chaos labs front. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, and because like with that, we're, that's, that's kind of the cool thing where it's like, at least for me, like I, I, I have my hats in both the original production side and the commercial side. Right. Um, and that's also how we designed our companies. Um, so we actually have two companies where it's like there's chaos labs, which is our original production arm, uh, where this is where like American dreamers and Jessica and sparkle, kind of housed Um, and then we also have our commercial end which is just chaos um, where we're also kind of building up bigger solutions and we work a lot with startups um, and different companies so yeah it's kind of like finding our way through all that Um, and yeah it's become it's an interesting journey on that front Um, yeah I don't know if that answers your question fully definitely if it seems a little vague (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's that's cool and I'm glad to hear that like I'm glad to hear that you guys have like plans and stuff mapped out because i feel like right now is a tough time for that right like and and granted like you know now is now would be a hard time to be filming stuff and doing that end of the production but it's maybe a great time to be writing and you know figuring out sort of you know you can bank like 10 scripts between now and when the end of the the quarantine is and then get to work on all the actual production stuff right no, of course. Um, so that's actually a part of what we're doing right now, where it's like the next month and a half again are us kind of deep in post-production, but mm-hmm. we're already starting to gear up in terms of uh, developing. Right. So for example, Guy, because um, Guy is actually, um, he's a partner at uh, Chaos Labs. He's actually my co-founder in Chaos Labs. Right. Um, and he's been working on a script for a while now, and he's kind of he has a couple other scripts in development as well. Um, so 
that's kind of been his. Uh, I've also been starting to write and build a world for like a limited series that I w- really want to do. Um, that is kind of the exploring a, the concept of um, a guy decides to like basically go on 30 dates in 30 days. Okay. And it's an exploration of a kind of modern dating. Um, and it's going to be even bizarre with like trying to take into account the pandemic um, how it would have shifted all of dating as well. But um, I've already like sat down and just laid down like kind of the characters that I want to emerge more or less in that right. series. Um, and like I started writing, but yeah, it's going to take a while because that is for me personally, like writing is by far the most challenging thing. Um, Cause I'm an editor first and foremost. And then after that, I would say like I go to camera and then finally like writing is like the last thing I always think about. Right. Um, but and I feel like when you're, when you're someone who's more on the like technical side and on the editing side, it's really hard to get your ideas onto paper. Cause you, you, instead of writing a paragraph, you write a sentence and then you tweak that sentence. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or it's like for me, I, I always look at it where, and I, I tell this to a lot of people where, like my skill is really that I, like I'm I'm good when I tweak someone else's work. Like I'm really good. Put like if someone tells me something, I'm like oh this makes sense as a storyline, and that's mm-hmm. why I get naturally drawn to adding because I love that process of like okay let's let's take this idea and like let's refine it. Like let's figure out like what's necessary, what's not necessary, and then get to the core of what we actually want to communicate. Right. But then when I'm thinking about my own original concepts, I'm like. I almost don't trust any of my ideas. I'm like, oh, this is all shit. Like what? And I, and I then have a harder time self-editing because like I I don't have like the, like any way to be kind of removed from my own thoughts and my opinions almost. Right. So it's like, it's harder to kind of, I then understand the mappings of like, well, this is all that seems important. Like I came up with all of this. Like how do I navigate what's actually important and what's just like part of the process of getting to the actual important kernels. Right, uh, yeah. Story or knowledge or whatever. No, I get that. It's it's easier mm-hmm. to kind of like, it's easier to be, I, I want to say like objective with other people's work. You know, like if you're editing yeah. someone else's piece, you're not as attached to it. So you have a little bit of an easier time going like, okay, toss this, you know, build this up. This is a really cool thing. Let's kind of like narrow in on that. But if it's your own thing, you're sort of like, but all of these are my children. I don't want to throw any of them out. I know. And then and then it comes to the really bad realization that's like you have to kill babies. And right, it's like yeah. that's part of the job where it's just like you gotta kill those like kill the ideas where it's like, you know what, this just doesn't have enough legs to stand. Right. Um, but it feels so terrible when it's your own. It's like, <laughs> oh God, how how can I how dare I cut this off? Right. Um, no, yeah. totally. I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm currently like DMing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign for the first time like mm-hmm. ever. And uh, you know, I've run like individual sessions here and there but this is the first time I'm like doing something with an overarching story and I'm finding you know between sessions I sit down and I kind of like think about a lot of the sort of big picture stuff but also a little bit of the you know what do I want to throw at them next week right what do I want to Mm -hmm. like you know what are like two or three potential paths that they could go down at any given point and how do I kind of like steer them in one direction or like you know make sure that x y and z can happen at some point within the sort of decision tree and uh and i find it really it's fun for me as the idea person because like that's the kind of situation where i can just vomit ideas onto a page and then as they're going through it and making their own choices i can look at my page and go oh cool the choice you made just activated idea 18 let's roll with that now finally mm-hmm. but i don't actually have to do any of the editing myself because they're sort of doing it by choosing things yeah that's actually a really cool way of doing it because i think I, this is what i've learned at least i like for me personally like i know collaboration is so so key to all this mm-hmm. um because like without any kind of soundboard, I think we just get lost. 
completely where i if i if i was to sit down and like produce something and then edit it myself and then also be my own audience i i don't i think i would ever produce something of worth or quality because <laughs> i'd always be like judging it and then it's also just like without ideas to feed off of you just can't refine it per, like to begin with almost i find a lot of times right yeah no that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. i i know for me like I can't motivate myself to do something unless I know at least one other person is going to be mad at me if I don't do it. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I like, I think that's a good realization to have because like I, the, and I also think it's just like, that's the way that most people work. I, I find it really tough to think about like the lone genius uh, mythology where it's like <laughs> right. one person went and created all this stuff. It's like, well, no, yeah. like, usually it takes a lot of people doing like a lot of small tasks together and, um, building yeah. something larger. No, um, I mean, I've, I've known the lone genius type, the, the kind of people who think that, you know, their best work will come if they sit alone in their room for hours and hours and do everything themselves. And, uh, they're not right. And they're also not pleasant. Yeah. And it's like, there's joy in collaborations. Like they, you just get so much further. And I think that's why, like for a while I was doing improv right. and I love that idea where it's just like, I think I kind of, and, and I look at it where like, I think I just say yes. And to most of my life, right. um, <laughs> Like legitimately the craziest things I look at it and I'm like oh I just said yes to someone and it's like okay now how do we figure this out uh, and but it's like it's so much more joyful than like just like not having that soundboard ever right no totally I mean I, I I've been hammering this point home to myself and to everyone around me forever that like the best thing we can do as people is collaborate like mm-hmm. whether it's on something creative or just on getting things done like everything is better when you work together which yeah. sounds so sappy, but it, it's true, you know? It's, I know. I always find it uh, interesting where it's like we we almost back away from sappy and cliches. Right. Where it's like, at the same time, like, maybe there's a reason why we like people have said this over and over again. Um, and it's like you have to kind of get past, like, the almost awkwardness of it feeling like it's an overused saying or an overused right. idea. It's like, no, no, there's, there's true value. Um, in <laughs> yeah, these, I mean, things these, don't become yeah. cliches if there's no element of truth to them, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and I've also just been playing with the idea where it's like you can also be completely content and be per- like completely providing value to people by like not like necessarily like doing anything necessarily like just being present um, and building mm-hmm. that way where it's just like hey like I'm just having friendships and it's like I hear you I'm here for you whatever and it's like that in itself is actually just creating new environments yeah I like that so George, you are a Patreon supporter of our show, and I want to thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. You've been consistent with it for several years now, and it's been really great. And you're like involved behind the scenes, and it's it's just really nice to to kind of have patrons who like you know are kind of actively a part of the community, even if it took me five years to get them on the show. Um, for the first time ever, do you want to answer a Patreon question? Sure. Cool. happy to do that yeah <laughs> um so our question for this episode comes from erica who asks what are your favorite side effects of social distancing um she goes mm. on to say that she likes being able to uh mute her sneezes because she tends to be a scream sneezer and also not having to take public transit during her third trimester um also during the other call for this episode earlier i said that i'm pretty sure she's due like any day now I spoke to her since then. Turns out she's actually due in early June. So I was wrong on that one. <laughs> but she's very pregnant. Yeah. Um, I I think there's something beautiful um, where, like, everyone's kind of forced to be isolated. 
and I think it there is this ground like my favorite thing is like there's almost this sense of uh, for the longest time no one thought there was going to be a monoculture ever again right. and now we've all lived through like a very similar experience and I think there's something grounding in that um, where it, even though it's all terrible um, I think it's kind of nice where it, I'm hoping that uh, there's going to be a little bit more sympathy in the humanity side on that front where it's like hey we can all go through shit together uh, collectively as a community right. um, and then more personally I think this this kind of on this tangent as well is the fact that um, I think it's been interesting to kind of because like for me almost a lot of my life hasn't changed drastically almost where it's sure. like <laughs> I used to work all the time and now I'm oh my god I'm just working all the time and like I'm it's it's not like so drastic um, apart from like I don't venture out to like a cafe that's right. about the extent because um, that's that's how we designed at least our location out in Kelowna um, but so I think it's interesting to then have everyone else have to do that as well um hmm. where it's like hey it, it, it makes it then feel more like when the world goes back to normal it's like oh i like like everyone else has done this as well and like when i will say like oh i'm just gonna need time by myself people will understand that a little bit more i think that's that'll be nice as well yeah no for sure i i think a lot mm-hmm. about the like it's making the work from home experience more universal um mm-hmm. which is kind of nice because yeah as as someone who also has been you know like my personal schedule hasn't really changed too much because of this. Uh, the main difference for me is that like the rest of my family are also home more than before. Yeah. Um, and it is nice to kind of like, I find even just in producing this show, like all of my call segments now are recorded at like whatever time is convenient for everybody. And mm. that's been really freeing in a way because like we used to be really rigid about like up for discussion records at 6 p.m. on Mondays. Yep. in our studio if you don't live in montreal we will call you in and otherwise you're not going to guest on the show if you don't want to come in basically and it was like you know that was mostly just because it was easier for me on a scheduling front but now mm-hmm. that everyone's working from home and like i'm not working as much as i was before like this is my job now um it's it's really nice to be able to just kind of like schedule things with whoever whenever and make it happen like mm-hmm. yeah which is, yeah. I think, like, part of why it took us this long, you know, for you to be the guest on the show. Because, like, you and I are both so busy that, like, most of the time I'm like, oh, man, like, should I reach out to George? No, he's probably busy. Yeah, see, and whereas, like, for me, I'm like, my schedule, I always say, like, I'm always busy, but, like, just tell me what works and then I'll fit it in. Because that's right. always been my schedule where um, I think that's why I started a business because like, I really hate rigid structure. Right. And I, like... That's why it's like for me it's like it's not weird to like you know wake up at like six and then start working and then oh i'll just take like the afternoon off because i'm just i hate afternoons like <laughs> afternoons like from one to about 5 p.m i am so not productive most right. of the time like i can't focus and then i'm like okay cool I'll, I'll then go into the office like starting at six and then work till you know midnight or one and that's perfectly fine for me right. but now i'm like okay cool everyone else can start to understand that this isn't as wacky and it just um <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, always call. You like I'm always happy to talk. Sounds um, good. Yeah. I'll try to be uh I'll try to be better about that going forward. This is this is me saying it on air so it'll happen. I know. I'm going to I'm going to hold you account to this. Like every single couple of months I'm just going to like play this one snippet. Be like, you told me. You told me. You promised. You broke my heart. Where's my uh, phone call, Tom? I need my phone call. I need my phone call. Oh man! Well, George, it was good to hear from you. How's uh, yeah, how's Kelowna? I'm oh, jealous. Kelowna's beautiful. I yeah, that is. 
I, I'm just so like I'm I'm as as much as it pains me to say this because I know a lot of our friends are all in Montreal. I'm very glad to be out here in the mountains. Um, it's just so much quieter and so much more peaceful. Like I think that's that's definitely kept me sane. Um, because like I'm like like our patio like from our directly from where we are is like all you see is greenery right and mountains and i'm like thank god um <laughs> it's just been beautiful and like the weather hasn't been bad it's it's uh, it gets cold at night but like during the day it's gone like for the last three months it's been you know teens most right. of the time so well and yeah. getting cold at night is like that's true everywhere and just you know use a blanket right like if mm-hmm. if i can have nice weather during the day i don't really care what it's like at nighttime yeah um but it's been interesting where it's like i i think i'm, I'm looking at where it's like what is going to be the next place to live and mm-hmm. i yeah we like for such a long time we we struggled um and tried to make the montreal location kind of work for us mm-hmm. and now i'm like okay we'll just we'll figure out everything goes remote like our whole team is now remote right. half of them are in europe i'm out <laughs> west um like two of us are still in montreal it's just like it's all a mess i'm like you know what? if we can make this work we'll keep on making it work as we go along <laughs> that's um, it and just choose the location uh more than uh the community that's around it in a way right no that makes total sense but that, that is like mm-hmm. kind of coming back to erica's question like that does kind of feel like one of the like nice side effects of this is like realizing how much stuff you can do without necessarily having to be in the same place yeah or it's like you you budget the time to be in the same place when it's really necessary but for most things you can just do it away and that's perfectly fine that's it you can find your own Mm -hmm. rhythms find your own comfort as an individual and still find ways to collaborate in a group yeah yeah Um, and that's i think we're going to keep on refining it it's i I don't know about you, but I think this is going to go on for a while. So it's oh, yeah. going to be interesting to see what people <laughs> kind of start doing, you know, six months from now where it's like everyone's going a little off kilter and then it's like, okay, how do we find these new solutions? Yeah, no, totally. There's, there's no end in sight for this thing as far as I can tell. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, my next step mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm going to be working on very gradually making sure that everybody on my team has a decent USB microphone so that we can have uh, mm. good quality calls no matter what, you know. That's a, no matter how long yeah, this takes. Of course. Um, yeah, how, how is everyone doing? Um, obviously, you get to... We're yeah. okay, yeah. We're, on. you know, in my house, we're, we're all good at the very least. That's good. Yeah. We uh, mm-hmm. actually, uh, Tever just got hired for a job that, like, right before the pandemic went down, like, mm-hmm. the, it was looking like like that was going to work out, and then there was just silence for a few weeks because everything was under lockdown and it was crazy, and, like they could not you know do the hiring basically until it was all sorted out uh but we just finally found out this week that it's like confirmed um that's incredible i'm so glad to hear me too it was a huge stress yeah i can oh i can imagine yeah and then like i I know like last time you and i talked i think i was telling you that we might have to move out of our house and like Mm -hmm. we do not have to move out of our house which is nice and like everything is just kind of uh i always feel like a little guilty saying this but everything in my life is improving dramatically during this quarantine (laughs) yeah and i think that's it's gonna be interesting because i think that's the case for a lot of people um i know so many people who um you know they built their businesses online and it's just like they're now swamped with orders or they're swamped with like demand and it's like they almost feel guilty and it's like no it's just like um i it's i think this is where um it's okay to have things work out right now even that i think that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to have to process yeah where it's like 
it's a stressful time but it's like things can also be good in stressful times yeah um totally <laughs> and it's i i and then it's always i always look at it where there's a there's a really good saying uh, unfortunately unfortunately the source is problematic Uh-oh. um but I'm, so i'm just gonna use the saying but um he was like uh, basically he was teaching his kids that uh when you look over to your neighbor's house um it's not about you know judging like what they have and what you don't but it's about making sure that they have enough right um and i think that's where um it's always that question where it's like you just make you look over and like hey is this are, are the people around me like succeeding or like able to survive and i think um if you're in a place where things are good then that's what you kind of look for it's like how can i help the people around me totally um, and i hope to see that and i think at least uh, from like a federal government standpoint i think we've done that really well as a country um comparatively to like other <laughs> countries so um yeah and i think that's how i've been looking at it where it's like i've been stressed and oh we had so many back and forth about like figuring out how to move forward do we mm-hmm. kind of keep people do we not like how are we do we try to build for the future do we just kind of you know shut everything down just try to weather it out and it's like i've um as much as we can i've been like okay let's just kind of keep on moving forward let's be honest uh with everyone going forward like this is what we can do this is what we can't do like truly um and then trying to make our way through it but yeah it's it, i think it's gonna be tough for sure on a yeah. lot of fronts um, yeah definitely both <laughs> like both in like a positive and negative ways um yeah yeah it's it's definitely a time of uh of big change no matter what mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But cool. yeah, big change is also like a lot of opportunity. So it's uh, <laughs> it's like it's. I, I always look at the one of my favorite quotes ever is uh, from a tale of two cities where um, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. Um, it's that dichotomy. It's like, I, I think um, it's easy to get swung in either direction, but then it's like realize like there's always like the opposite in that situation. As right. Well. Yeah. Totally. Anyway. That's it. You take the bad. You take the good. You put them together. Yeah. yeah and you have some kind of soup yeah um anyways <laughs> i have held you up long enough apparently well this was very nice it was uh it was really good catching up with you mm-hmm. likewise always a pleasure do you want to uh what what should people look for <laughs> wow yeah let me um, try that again so, do, you, do you want to plug anything before we uh before we let yeah you um so uh, if you're interested in kind of american dreamers or any of the original productions kind of we mentioned and we talked about earlier on in the segment um you can check us out at chaos labs um that is our handle on all social platforms so um so instagram and facebook um and also our website chaoslabs.com. uh that is chaos with a k so k-h-a-o-s um labs.com but, yeah, i think um, listeners of this show know that it's chaos with a k by now <laughs> I know, but like I always have to plug it because like who knows? Um, I always I also forget that we have all like everyone hears the uh, chaos all the time. I always forget that. Like it's it's one of those last minute thoughts where I'm like, oh right, we we have those ads running. <laughs> well, thanks so much. I'll uh, yeah. I mean, it's on record now, so I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, stay safe, stay sane. Yeah, you too. And that brings us to the end of our episode for this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this, consider supporting us on Patreon. Like we said earlier, uh, everything helps and uh, our proceeds beyond our like money that we need in order to stay afloat uh, will be distributed out to various people who need it more than we do. Uh, so you're not just helping us, you're helping other people as well. Uh, if you like this, uh, but you don't have any money, that's also fine. <laughs> you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing the episode with a friend who you think might be into any of the stuff that we talked about today. Uh, you can follow us on the social medias at Down With Talking and like our page on Facebook. 
Um, make sure to check the description of this episode for links to all the stuff that uh, Linz and George talked about. Uh, and also, if you're someone who's thought about making their own podcast, and you know, maybe you've been waiting for an excuse to do it, or maybe you, you know, have no idea where to start, or maybe you like have an idea, but you're like not sure how to flesh it out yet. Uh, I want to invite you to a free live stream that I'm going to be doing on our show's Facebook page this Wednesday, May 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, So for the next while, like probably during the quarantine, just like indefinitely, uh, every few weeks I'm going to be doing this. Um, So the best way to uh, keep up with when those are going to be happening is to like our page on Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash up for discussion, I think. Let me figure that out. Boop, boop, boo. I'm going to do this on the air. Um, yeah, so if you... Oh, it's facebook.com slash upfordpodcast. Um, so if you want to, uh, yeah, keep up with when those are happening and, like, what the themes of each of them are, that's the best way to do it. Uh, but basically, I'm going to be doing a series of live streams kind of teaching people how to make podcasts. Um, so the first one is going to be all the sort of things you need to know before you start. Um, so, like best practices for like your pre-launch content planning and like what are all the things you need to actually have ready when you launch instead of just uploading a file to the internet and hoping someone listens to it um you know how do you flesh out your idea beyond we are two friends who sit on a couch and talk about current events uh what are some good microphones you can buy what are the sites you need to be on in order to like publish your stuff how do you make any money off of this how do you use social media kind of everything that you will need to know uh, i will be going through on these live streams so again that's facebook.com slash upford podcast in order to get access to all of those that's it for me special thanks to the honeythorns for letting us use their song crack apart as our theme music you can find all their music for sale at the honeythorns.bandcamp.com and the show was produced and edited by me tom zalatni for the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com See you next week. I'm Tom. I'm Will. And we're the hosts of Blasting Off Again, a Pokemon watch-through podcast brought to you by the Upford Network. We've taken on the monumental task of watching through every episode of Pokemon, providing in-depth analysis of everybody's favorite 90s dogfighting cartoon. We're asking the hard-hitting questions. Who's the real hero of this series? Why do some of these episodes get banned? Is Ash's treatment of his Pokemon abusive or just negligent? Is Charizard completely justified in treating Ash like the worst trainer of all time? Why don't more Pokemon have nipples? Which Pokemon would make the best professional wrestler? Is Farfetch'd your best option for Christmas dinner? Who even is that Pokemon? Are all cops bastards? Wait, I thought this was a Pokemon podcast. Uh... Anyway, tune into Blasting Off Again on the Upward Network and wherever you find your podcasts. We're We're blasting off off again! Ding! Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.